Hello, gorgeous people, and welcome to another TV Central one-on-one podcast. I'm Aaron Ryan. This is episode 69, 2023. The last year of television returns for 2023 to Foxtel and Binge with another hilarious, perhaps shameless and cheeky look at the year that was. Host Mitch McTaggart is an Antenna Awards winner and nominee with the Sydney Web Fest and the Australian Teachers of Media Awards. He's a presenter, actor, composer, writer, and he joins me today. Mitch McTaggart, thank you for joining me here at TV Central. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. The backside of television and the last year of television could be considered piss takes or calling out people in the media. Some might say bitchiness, others completely honest. Almost everyone says hilarious, though. What is the agenda behind making these programs? I think I think I just love TV so much that I want to be able to chat about it. So that's probably the the primary agenda there. It's wanting to just, you know, shine a light on stuff on a format that I enjoy and adore. And that's kind of it, I think. That feels right. Well, I'm guessing that um, some people think that you, you don't like television because of the way that you call it out. But like you said, that's the opposite. Yeah, absolutely. It's always funny when <clears throat> there's that kind of assumption because if I hated TV so much, wh- why am I on it? Like, surely I'd find some other medium entirely to talk about it or, you know, do things. It's just... And, and also, I think diving back into the history of it all and you know uncovering so many obscure things you wouldn't be able to do if there was some kind of like sense of chore or burden about it um but uh yeah i hope that silences the naysayers once and for all (laughs) um some people might think that you uh, hibernate most of the year and then just come out for these television specials, but um, you've had quite a few projects going on. What, what does a normal week look like for you? Uh, well, I mean, the hibernating thing is, is, is pretty accurate, actually. <laughs> um, there's a, a lot of just, you know, watching TV and stuff, but like not, not, a, not a huge amount. That's a thing to point out. I think the, there's this expectation that I'm just sitting watching TV 12 hours a day, which is just not true. <laughs> like I, you know, I exercise, I cook things, um, work on other little projects here and there. Um, this year I was, um, did a little thing on ABC for, um, what the FAQ, uh, that, uh, Chaz Litridello's show. Um, what else did I do? God, I can't even remember what's happened in the year. It's re- it's been really a long <laughs> long year it's very sustained uh amount of work that we've um put out um i don't know you were you were pretty uh comprehensive in my intro what else have i done <laughs> well composing i mean you write the um oh yeah the the, the, the theme stuff too are, are you actually i'm um, still teaching uh no 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 that, that was that was uh, a couple of couple of years ago now um but uh that was that was fun hmm Look, I'm sure the program has been uh, cost-effective for SBS in the past, and now and now Foxtel. Um, you, you are the everything for the show. Is there a team at all? I feel like you're setting me up to brag. Um, <laughs> I I do all the research and the writing and the editing, but that's only because it's just all in my head and it's easier. It's not like it's not necessarily born out of any skill. <laughs> um, I, I enjoy doing it as well. So I, I think to go back to your question about whether or not I'm hibernating, 
doing all of those things really does take up quite a bit of the time in a um in a, in a satisfying amount i mean i'm not like frantically running around trying to do everything and wear so many hats it's just a really nice process to put it all together when it's just mostly me doing it and my uh, creative partner co-producer james he takes care of the 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 artistic side of it like the, the look of it um and it it just makes it look absolutely stunning and uh that is surely 80 percent of it no <laughs> there must be um tons of research you do but then there also also must be something that sort of maybe pops up in march where you go now take take note of that grab some clips because that's definitely going to make it uh, to the end of year special how, how does it work for you so I'm harvesting clips as we go through the year and it just gets added to a big document that uh, won't uh, necessarily end up in the, in the um, final version because the, uh, well, actually case in point for this year, uh, had we done all of the segments that we'd kind of flagged, uh, the special would have run for like three hours, which is impractical. It's far too long for a recap. No one wants to relive the year they've just lived in that level of detail. So we kind of we kind of have to pick which ones make the cut based on, you know, what is going to be funny is probably first and foremost quite important. Uh, whether or not other people have covered it and what their angle was. So we don't want to just rehash the same kind of stuff that everyone else has already done. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I think that's kind of the the way the way it's all put together, but it it really helps having a uh, document to refer back to because, you know, two months after the fact, when I've noted something down, I look at it again and go, Oh God, I've already forgotten that. Like it's, it's quite, um, it's quite strange to um, have to be reminded of those little, little things because otherwise you just forget. And I think that's one of the things that I think our show does kind of, kind of well is kind of really drilled down into those niche forgotten little bits and pieces because we've we've uh, grabbed them at the time rather than just kind of like uh, tried to remember as best that we can in November. Yeah. You, you can't get any more niche than Doug Mulray on The Extraordinary from, I don't know, 1980 or 1990 something as well. 93 it was. <laughs> um, actually, that, that's, a, that's another thing that uh, I'm, I'm not sure who will appreciate this, but... Uh, I go to great lengths to find the specific air date of clips. Um, so where where possible, like we, I find it quite a challenge. It's actually quite fun. You put on a pot of tea and 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 dive back through, looking through like newspaper articles and um, all that kind of stuff to try and determine when this specific clip went to air. And it's um it, it's satisfying to find it, and it's really quite frustrating when you can't. Hmm. There must be some content in which you write the intros um, and you think, uh, this is too far, or even the opposite, should I push further? How do you come to a final decision? Um, not really not really sure. I Most of it is just coming straight out of my brain in a without considering where it's kind of sitting. Um, and then my script editor just looks at it and goes, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I never, I guess I never really go into writing a segment 
thinking that we're going to be controversial or or not. Um, I think it's uh, we just kind of go where we think the story should go. Mm. Uh, yeah. So that means uh, we should be expecting some uh, George Pell moments uh, this year. Yeah, there's one or two, <laughs> one or two little little digs. <laughs> All right, let's have a look at this year's special. Um, probably start by saying uh, not a huge fan of Liam Bartlett's work. Look, I think we all have jobs and it's it's fine to have a job. I'm not going to begrudge someone that. Um, I think, you know, I'm sure we've all had a, a certain moments where um, we can look at our own work and go, oh, maybe some days I've worked better than other days and... That's probably the most I'll say on that. <laughs> I wasn't expecting a politician answer for you on that one. <laughs> In a more uh, serious moment, um, you talk about the um, helicopter disaster at the start of the year and a lot of networks' decisions to show actual footage of the crash. But just holistically, where do you think the line is when networks have footage like that or, or car accidents or you know dead bodies or victims of war and stuff like that? I reckon we've gone so far with it that we can't ever really step back now and I, I think it's just getting progressively worse in terms of what what is broadcast because there's just a need to kind of shock and keep people watching which once you kind of once once that those wheels are spinning they can't slow down unless we all do some big kind of collaborative reset of uh of news which is just not going to happen and i think it's um I, I don't even have a solution. I don't understand where everybody's expecting that to go, but it's only going to get worse. And I'm not even sure if there's like a breaking point for it. I think it just will get worse and that's that, which is kind of grim. <laughs> well, when sort of disasters strike, um, like floods and things that um, obviously networks come in with their, you know, helping hand and stuff. Um, you noted a lack of um, sincerity in coverage, such as when sponsors give money away, um, you know, as long as their name gets mentioned a hundred times, you know, within that, or whilst shopping uh, in a store or, or when reporters are shaking hands with people, touching their shoulder, giving them a hug, you know, right on cue. I get the point of that, but do you, do you think it's all that so insincere? Um. I think there's sincerity behind it, certainly. I think I, I question how much of it is genuine sincerity. Um, I, I mm. think there's certainly some people in the big chain of, of, of television making who would see it as an opportunity to associate uh, names and get money spinning and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I'm hoping, and I, I don't have any proof of this. I'm hoping that there is, uh, there are good people who are genuinely making a difference, and it's not all entirely cynical. Mm. There's a segment in, um, about a long shot of a of a log that absolutely hilarious. I wouldn't even ask you a question on that, but to look out for it uh, at around the 10 minute mark of the, of the special, very simple, but very funny. I want to ask you about a segment um, you did this year about um, it, it, it shows that, uh, you know, following a timeline, but refer referencing things incorrectly, such as 
perhaps being in 1992 and having a song playing that was released, you know, two years later or a character that was killed in 1985, but then somehow, you know, appears in a court case in 1995 years later, which couldn't be. Do you have any behind the scenes info on that? Is it just pure laziness, um, confusion on the writer's part? Why does that happen? It's a great question. I, I wish I were there on set to figure out how those kinds of things happen. Um, first and foremost, it's really fun pointing those out because the, 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 the show that you're talking about, because they made such a point about the years of things being important and then proceed to just show that it doesn't matter at all. Um, and I think I think the maybe the easiest way to... The, the easiest guess would be that the prop makers uh, of like the um, physical props, like newspapers and all that kind of stuff, um, weren't really communicating much with the, I don't know, director or something, whatever, whoever person that is. And perhaps the uh, maybe post-production team weren't sourcing the right um, kind of footage or logos to, to put onto the screens once it hits the edit. And so obviously people shooting that wouldn't have been aware of what they were going to put on screens later. Um, and so it's a little bit anachronistic in that sense. But um, yeah, look, I, I think it, we're also, I'm also quite mindful of, we never really want the show to just be us relentlessly pointing out really petty failings of drama. Um, but it's fun. <laughs> I just want to reiterate that. Um, and uh, there's, I think there's a a time to talk about that kind of stuff um, when it's so excessive, like because mm. there's so much of it that makes it worthy of pointing out. And and it, I hope we find that middle ground with um, being being silly and you know uh, jokingly nudging people to just maybe aim a little bit higher. <laughs> I don't know if uh, anyone else in the audience, but I must say I felt a little bit stupid afterwards. I mean, some of the, you know, songs, you know, you may not notice, but to to be pointed out the fact that someone actually was killed in one particular year in a flashback and then they're actually alive, you know, two years later. And I, I just never noticed because, I you know, I've watched these, these shows that you pointed out. I think, how did I not notice that that guy was supposed to have been killed two years later, but he's sitting there, you know, <laughs> it's unbelievable, isn't it? That's the fun of it, really, isn't it? It's TV. Yeah. Um, so surely the the Ruben K uh, project joke will, will get a segment. Uh, certainly, yes. I, I think um, we've. Uh, I, I had quite a bit of fun piecing together that whole timeline of of the uh, the Jesus joke being told, and then the fallout from it, and all of that kind of stuff, and and putting it in a in as um, concise of a of a thing so people can kind of understand that was there ever really that much mainstream outrage for it and i think the answer is no no there wasn't hmm. um, but uh yeah that that one's particularly fascinating and we pursued that because uh we couldn't find anyone that had really analyzed it in any grand extent and so i think it's actually one of the longest segments in the special um and it's all just about a single joke which it's niche and it's specific exactly um you also went with uh rolf harris is is that one of those segments you wonder if you've gone too far 
Um, look, I don't think so. You can't defame the dead, so uh, that's already a big tick. Um, and uh, I think also just people kind of forget that obviously he was UK based for most of um, like for the remainder of his life and stuff, but he did a lot of Australian TV, uh, especially like I mean early early days kind of stuff. And there's 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 so many clips of him just on Australian TV and hosting Australian TV shows. And so I, I think it would be remiss of me not to bring him up because of how uh, substantial mm. his appearances were just throughout his life on Australian TV. Well said, very touching. <laughs> uh, <laughs> are we going down the Ben Robert Smith rabbit hole? Surely. Oh, God. That's already exhausting me. It's, uh, you know, well, we, we get a got a mention in there and a couple of jokes at his expense, and I think that's a, that's a win. Yeah. One of the most uh, hilarious things in the app for me is the use of, of extras in TV shows that they appear in the background in a cafe and then they're in, they're in the, the crowd of a court, uh, courthouse. Two things. A, how did you notice this? Because it doesn't seem obvious until you point it out and then it's ridiculously obvious. And B, do shows just reckon nobody will notice? Yeah, potentially. Look, I think... I feel kind of bad for some shows when I point these kinds of things out because again, the the primary goal is just like, here's a bit of a joke, haha, let's move on. And so I, I think ultimately the specific problem you're, po- you're pointing out with the recurring background extras, it feels like a cost thing. And so I don't really want to go at a show for not having enough money to have more cast in it. Um, that seems a bit unfair. But also at the same time, uh, it... It is, I found it quite obvious when the background extras started repeating. <laughs> um, and so I think then it kind of becomes like, well, you know, let's, we can, we can point it out. It's a bit of a laugh. They didn't even change outfits. And the way that I noticed was that um, uh, I sp- spotted one of them in a, um, there was quite a noticeable background outfit. And they were walking kind of obviously, you know, clearly here's an extra walking at the background of, of, yeah. of a shot. Um, and then saw them again and thought, ah, that's weird that they've repeated. Uh, others repeating. So then I went back and, uh, and looked through it. And then like, yeah, oh, there's more. <laughs> there's a couple more there too. Great. Um, and it, it's it's the, the one I think that we like doing, especially with drama and stuff, is if each drama thing can have like a its own funny thing that we kind of prod at, that I think makes it kind of cool and keeps it, varied and diverse like um you know in one drama making fun of the time anachronisms or in this one making fun of recurring background extras it's yeah i I think if everything was the same kind of criticism then i think that becomes quite stale Mm. and finally um i gather you will cover ray martin on a current affair with the uh ali langdon ripping into him yeah that was probably for me the strangest moment of tv this year because to 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 come back onto a show that is now perhaps so foreign to you uh ideologically speaking and argue a case that like you're ray arguing the the yes vote and uh, a current affair kind of probably pretty much being on the uh other side of it uh <laughs> although you know I, I doubt they'd um uh 
consciously take a side like and announce it publicly but just for 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 that to for that scene to play out was so strange and just two two uh eras of of a show now just completely incompatible with each other really real baffling stuff mm. I just want to like check in with you on this one. I could actually talk about this particular moment forever on, on a current affair, but just the one question. Um, Cause I think this, this was the uh, actually the most misrepresented moment of the year, unless I'm wrong. Um, Cause I've, I gather you've seen a lot more footage. I did not see any footage or anything from Ray ever where he said that people that vote no are dickheads. Um, his, his point was that if you're voting no simply because you don't know, then you're a dickhead. Um, so rather than not knowing, get some knowledge, find some facts, do some research, and then vote yes or no. It doesn't matter. But just voting no because you don't know is stupid. That's how I saw it. I don't. Ali was suggesting that he was he was calling no vo- voters dickheads. Have I missed something? No, no. That that's that's a fair read, and it was sneaky of a current affair to make it seem like Ray was just calling all no voters dickheads and. It's, yeah, look, I think, I hope that, I'd hoped that everybody was kind of taking those kinds of interviews with a grain of salt because there's always, you know, people are always going to put their slant on it and 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 um, try and push their uh, argument in one direction. But it was, it was pretty sneaky how they kind of did a bait and switch there. And um, yeah, which just meant that Ali Langdon was saying dickhead a lot and, uh, was kind of <laughs> leaning into the name calling and kind of repeatedly referring back to, you know, no one likes being called a dickhead, Ray, but what are you talking about? Like, it's, that's not really what was being discussed. It's just, it was really quite disappointing. Mm. All right, let's uh, insert one of your uh, segue graphics here. All right, <laughs> away from the show for a moment, I'm just finding a bit about you. Uh, what, what interest do you have... Um outside the media because for me it is watching tv 12 hours a day you, you seem to like a few other things as well but what what else are you doing outside of them like outside of the media just personal interest um i like music music's pretty good um i, I can i can play a couple of instruments that's uh that's fun um what else there, there was plenty of stuff i feel like a lot of my year has just been kind of doing just this and I haven't really had like a, a chance to um, sit and do stuff. Um, I like cooking. That's really fun. I find that quite relaxing, actually. Um, right. And uh, yeah, I just, that's kind of, that's kind of it. And, and writing uh, post-it notes. Yes. A couple of those. This this is a video chat. I can see a million post-it notes um um behind Mitch. That's why I mentioned that. <laughs> they're all um, um they're all actually individual segment um potential segments for backside of television. Oh, there you go. I should try to zoom in on something. There's, there's 150 of them. It's all it's actually cropped out um on the on the screen, but there's a lot more in this office. <laughs> wow. Uh, tell me about your um your Logies experience this year. <laughs> this is very fun. Um, it was it was a delight to go and uh, was able to um, put on some fancy gear and uh, sit and bask in the uh, radiance of many celebrities um, and ones that I can't stand. Um, and uh, <laughs> great. It was, 
I was really enjoying it. By the time um, Daryl's speech came up at the Ouch. end, uh, I was, I was, I enjoyed that the most. I was the only one in the room probably genuinely laughing because of the response of everyone around me. <laughs> um, mm. It was real, real delightful. And it's weird because it's obviously the first time I had gone to the Logies. It's um completely different experience being in the room, but the energy is really, truly different, um, which I wasn't expecting. But uh, there's a there's a real um, fun electric vibe in the in the space, which was which made it really enjoyable. Nice. And finally, Mitch, um, you had to have at least one or two hard hitting, thought provoking, controversial questions. So are you ready? Go on. Fam time. Will the show ever air on Channel 7 and how bad is it? <laughs> oh, I would love to see it. Um, your guess is as good as mine. Uh, it, it just, Channel 7 sitcom, I want to see it. Why can't we? Unfair. Uh, well, well, we'll see it soon. Um, and the other hard-hitting question is, in your qualification list, I see that you were a 1989 Coles Fosse cutest baby runner-up. Now, you're as cute as a button. I don't believe you You were only runner-up. What did the winner <laughs> have on you? Who knows? Oh, i I got to take that higher, I think, and investigate that a bit more. Coles Fosse. That's a, you know... Thinking back there, Coles Fosse hasn't been around since the late 80s, I guess, has it? Yeah, I mean, so it, it stacks up time-wise, if that's what you're getting at. Like, it's definitely, <laughs> it definitely not something I made up. No, no, I used to go to Coles Fosse, had, had the tray, and you had to walk along and collect your collect your lunch and all that. Yeah, beautiful. Right. All right. Um, just, uh, just for some context, I asked about fam time because I've covered it um, on TV Central, and you mentioned it uh in your opening to this year's special rumor now is that um, James Warburton hates it. Um, that might mean it could air in Q3, Q4 after he's gone, but I'm hearing it might be back uh, sooner than that, but who knows? But anyway, great having a, a chat, Mitch, looking forward um, to the special and really appreciate your time. And thank you for joining me at TV Central. My pleasure. That was Mitch McTaggart, writer, presenter, composer, and actor extraordinaire. The last year of television, 2023 premieres 28 December on Foxtel and Binge. Well, that's it for this one-on-one podcast. All the latest news, streaming information, ratings, television guides, and podcasts, head to tvcentral.com.au. But for now, I'm Aaron Ryan. Thanks to Mitch McTaggart. Bye for now. (laughs) 